0: Righty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number sixty-eight here on Thursday, January twenty-seven.
1: And for those of you who are celebrating it, it's of course Mozart's two hundred sixty-sixth birthday, and that work is of course the Overture to the Marriage of Figaro. <laughs> Happy birthday, Wolfie! Happy birthday, Wolfie! I have to say, I saw the Marriage of Figaro at the Virginia, at the Virginia, at the Vienna um, Staats Opera House, and it was spectacular fantastic spectacular
0: fantastic stuff okay we got a lot of stuff going on um man uh we're we're jam-packed here so let's get right into it uh wait a minute we forgot to introduce ourselves
1: well i'm tom Pyle, (laughs) (laughs) and i'm your co-host the most (laughs) you must be you must be fred garvin um Okay, first before we start, let's go over what we did with predictions last week. Uh, okay we, we I were, had a really bad day It's okay and a really good day. it's okay.
0: I'm really upset. it about happens. my predictions we were
1: both we were both two and two. I was right about the um Rams and the um, uh, Bengals, and you were right about the Bengals and the forty ers yes, I was and we were both wrong about um the bills unfortunately. Yeah, and I uh,
0: uh, I picked uh, Tom Brady for the win, and he nearly pulled it off again. But uh, Tom, fell a a, little bit Tom short, Brady so.
1: is a is probably made some kind of deal with the devil. I and will probably should have lost.
0: I will say just one thing, just about the
1: Bills game defense. You got to put a linebacker over that. You got <laughs> to put a obvious. linebacker over that tight I, end,
0: guys. I, you cannot. You uh, once again, you cannot fault. Josh Allen you cannot fault the offense but
1: you have to fault the defense no. and
0: you can't say it wasn't fair because of the stupid overtime rules. No, it was
1: totally you play, you play the rules you play with, right? Yeah. No, the problem was the DC in you know, those the defensive coordinator in the last 13 seconds put nobody over anybody so they ran free around the field. Know, it's it was, crazy. It was so so heartbreaking. Yeah, it's crazy. It yeah, so yeah, yeah, you know, next year. Yeah, next year, know. You I've know, been the good that thing for is a long time. Okay. The good thing is Josh Allen's young. He's going to be there for 10 more years. So
0: all right, so let's start out with the uh, start, start with Circleback Saki, and um, um, what uh, I'm sure everyone heard uh, was her her weekend advice.
2: So my advice to everyone out there who's frustrated, sad, angry, pissed off, feel those emotions. Go to a kickboxing class, have a margarita, do whatever you need to do this weekend, and then wake up on Monday morning. we got to keep fighting. And what that means, Lindsay, is we have to keep talking to members about federal legislation. That's
0: essential. That's something that can be permanent, that can make sure people's rights are protected. But we also need to uh, make sure people are educated and state.
1: Yeah, yada, 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 yada. Yeah, so, yeah, they ran the rest of it. Have
0: a margarita, take a kickboxing class, get those emotions out. I know you're sad. I
1: know you're angry. So I wrote a column that ran in the the Washington Times this morning, and it basically, I don't want to say I accused, because that's too strong, but I said that the White House staff was um, incompetent. And this is a great example of what I'm talking about. You know, the correct answer to um, federal election reform, reform put it in quotes, you know, they're like, hey, go kickboxing and get some margaritas in you and then start fighting again on Monday. How about if you guys start thinking about things differently, right? Because- I can do all the kickboxing classes in the world. It's not going to solve my problem. Yeah, the funny thing and, and, and about these guys—these guys, that too these guys is, are supposed to be the smartest in the whole yeah, world. Well, They're that's, all geniuses.
0: It's been completely blown up, right? as you know. The the thing too, though, is this is sort of like this is their base, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> right? Oh yeah. Like go take a you know go to Starbucks or well
1: the thing I don't understand go, is she you know, got she got little kids right. Everybody with little kids is like. Hey man, I'm going to a soccer game if the weather's good, or I'm going to a basketball game if the weather's lousy. Right? right. I mean, you know, I mean, right. you know, going to watch the kids play during the winter time. They play basketball during the fall and spring. They play soccer. Right? Who's got time for any of that stuff? Kickboxing and margaritas and whatnot. It's crazy, but well, it is in fact their base. One of the one of the Twitter crew said, "Tell me you're a mother from Arlington without telling me you're a mom from Arlington."
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, For that wonderful advice, uh, Press Secretary Saki, I appreciate you very much.
1: Um, Yeah, whatever you do, don't call up the White House and complain.
0: So being that we are back into the week, and even though the House and Senate is out, we have dispensed with all of this voting rights charade. Yeah, we're done. So we're done with that. We're done. Um, So where are we on reconciliation, budget,
1: all that other stuff? Um, Senator Schumer promised to put the House reconciliation bill on the floor first thing this year. Um, I'm still waiting, right? Um, so are you going to do that or do you just like say that or what? So here's where we are real quick to demystify the process. You know, BBB still alive, right? Still still in the same Congress, still alive. Joe Manchin last week said, hey, I think we should start with a, a clean sheet of paper and write what we want to write, which is just like, ugh. And the reason why that's bad is because um, this reconciliation evaporates once um, the – Senate and the House passed the FY23 budget, right, and the budget instructions that go with it, This, this, the possibility for doing this reconciliation vanishes um, along with, I think, the House vote on this reconciliation. So for Senator Manchin to say, let's start again, what he means is, I think, let's start and do it inside the framework of the FY23 budget resolution, which is insane. The other thing he could mean is, Let's pick out the pieces that work and do it as an omnibus at the end of the year. Great, but you're going to need 60 votes and income earmarks, right? You have 100 Republicans in the House and 16 in the Senate who have a bunch of earmarks standing there waiting like we talked about last week. That's how they're going to grease this omnibus, right? So expect that what's going to happen is somewhere around end of February, maybe February 18th when the CR expires, maybe after that. We're going to have a, 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 an omnibus start to surface, right? That's going to have the pieces of the BBB and the FY23 props, and God only knows what. And it's going to be subject to some negotiation and the Republicans are going to be in the room because they're going to need 60 and it's going to get fun. And um, we are going to have that happen probably after we do the Supreme Court justice, whenever that's going to happen. Well,
0: that's going to be interesting because he's not going to, well, First of all, again pointing pointing to the incompetency of the White House. I mean, oh these lefties were so eager to get this news out. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they thought about the timing of all of this. Uh, I mean, uh, if I were Justice Brown, I'd be like, you know what? I'm taking backsies. You know, oh, I would. Too. I, I would take it back. I'd just be so so annoyed about I, I, it. I mean. If-
1: as it is, he's doing him a favor. I'd wait till right? I'd wait till this Friday and put a release out at like four forty. Yeah, the rumors of my yeah <laughs> my retirement. I don't know what they're talking been, about. I plan on hanging around. Has been greatly exaggerated. He's he's meeting with the president today. I'm sure he's going to make his announcement today, but it's not pretty. Yeah, it's not and, pretty, and, not pretty and to, and to watch somebody mow mow an eighty three year old. To, to
0: think this is going to save the Biden administration is. It's, just, it's totally going to save the budget. It It's, just what, so it's funny.
1: totally. Is it not? Are you saying? Are you saying it's not going to solve inflation and border security and supply chains, all at, semiconductors, all at once, Tom? I don't think that's right.
2: Yeah.
1: It. It. I don't think anybody's thought about this schedule and what's happening. Right. We run out of. You know. We. We need to pop up the continuing resolution, which vanishes on February 18th. I think that might go to the end of the year. I think that might go to. You know, just take it all the way to September 30th. The president has the State of the Union on March 1st. I have no idea what he's going to say, what he's going to talk about, what he's going to advocate for. He's out there in the middle of no man's land. He has nothing to advocate for at this point, and he has nothing really to advertise. Except, hey, we have an infrastructure bill that we can't yet appropriate money. We have not yet appropriated money for.
0: almost as if he should move it up and just get it over with, but, you know,
1: that was the decision they all made. For a guy who spent 36 years in the Senate, he has remarkably little grasp of what's going on. Right. Um, you know,
0: so we talked a little bit about the narrative that's um, emerging, uh, about making the next uh, the midterms um, hey, delegitimized. Uh-huh. Uh, there's another one added to the choir here. This was prior, just before the votes, I think, um, or the other you know, the show in the Senate, but I it's really worth listening to. Do you agree with what he said in that press conference? Are you concerned? that without these voting rights bills, the
1: election results won't be legitimate?
3: I'm absolutely concerned about that. First of all, thanks for having me. Let me remind the audience that in 1965, at the time of the advent of the Voting Rights Act, only 3% of African Americans in Alabama were registered to vote. We come in with the 1965 Voting Rights Act and look what we have now. Nine years ago, the Supreme Court took direct aim at that act, in Shelby v. Holder, and got rid of preclearance. And what preclearance means, I want people to understand. It means that if you change your voting laws, and you've got a history of discriminating against black people or other minorities, you have to submit those voting those changes to the Justice Department or to a federal court and explain why they're not discriminatory. If they're not discriminatory, then you go ahead and do it. So that's what we're doing here.
1: Yeah. Um, That's Jim Clyburn. Yes, it is. Um, A a man who I respect, um, but I'm losing that respect. He is clearly there. The whole crowd right, has obviously decided, hey, we're going to try to delegitimize this election. and how preclearance got in the middle of this, I have no idea. Um, you know, Preclearance was a weapon used by the North against the South um, until fairly recently. You know, When he says, well, states with a history of discrimination, he means the 15 states of the old Confederacy, mm-hmm. plus, you know, including Oklahoma. I'm going to say something. I'm going to make a prediction right here, and I am hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. Um, Republicans take 30 or 40 or 50 seats in the House. right? They net out this thing um, in November. Now, only nine months, a couple of days away, I think there's a chance, maybe as big as a one in three chance that the Democrats challenge some or all of those Secretary of State certifications that come in i'm I'm very worried that that that's what this is leading up to that I, I originally thought was about 2024 I think it may be about doing a test run to mm-hmm. deal, to, to to not um, accept Secretary of State. Um, certifications in the house itself it's a it's a a pretty big concern so there's talk swirling that there's a bipartisan group of
0: senators who are potentially going to present schumer with a eca reform
1: yeah package yeah
0: which could potentially maybe potentially quash
1: some of this i don't think you know house that constitution is clear right house can House can accept you know set set um qualifications for its own members right House could reject all of that stuff mm-hmm. really They have the ability to right it's a legitimate concern now, I, I think I think it bears some really close watching and if I was a member of the press, I would think I would start to ask people about that certification process, not of the presidential stuff, not the electoral count Act in twenty twenty four but the house certification of the Secretary of State um the House acceptance of Secretary of State certifications that would happen in December, this December.
0: All right. Well, we'll keep uh, we'll keep talking about this because because they're uh, going to keep they're going to keep it. talking about yeah, it. No and doubt. The, the media, of course, is is not you know doesn't seem to get the utter hypocrisy <laughs> that is going on uh, with the Democrats on this. Yeah, step, I, so. you
1: know, I, I think I've switched. I think I flipped over from concern about the hypocrisy to just flat out alarm about about a bit of a bit of a, a, bit yeah, of a it, traffic jam in December. Uh, another another House member retiring, Jim Cooper,
0: veteran Democrat congressman from Nashville, um, apparently is concerned that his district uh, will will no longer reflect his yeah his proclivities <laughs> on his voting on his voting record. So yeah. he's done. That's what
1: twenty 29, seven, twenty nine seven uh, Democrats. Although there's was twenty nine Democrats. Oh, we we'll get, we'll get the producer, Let's get the number on there. It doesn't really matter. It's a it's in there. We're, it's in there we we got probably another month to bleed out here, right? All right. Um, I have one poll I'd like to share with you. Really? Yes, sir. Go ahead. It
0: is in Ohio. Yeah. The Republican gubernatorial race.
1: Oh, that's too bad.
0: Has been rather quiet to this point, but appears to that the May 3rd primary is going to get interesting. A Fabrizio Lee research firm survey yeah. of 800 Ohio Republican primary voters in independents. Who chose to vote in the Republican primary finds Ohio GOP Governor Mike DeWine, one of the leading 2020 government shut COVID shutdown governors, in trouble for renomination against former Congressman Jim Renacci. Yeah, according to the poll, Renacci would top DeWine in his quest for for renomination, forty six to thirty
1: eight. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar. The right.
0: governor's under forty percent among the voting sample within his own party. Um, yeah, I'm familiar with the survey. Okay, one month prior, the there was a poll from the from Harris that had um them even at forty two percent.
1: Yeah, um, Congressman Ronas really been hitting it hard on the on the um on the lockdowns, right? Two things about that 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 are worth knowing. First off, uh, Fabrizio, right? Tony Fabrizio is a longtime Republican pollster and pretty good at what he does, right? So. That's a that's a legit survey, I think. Um, I don't think that's a wrong number. I think that's a right number. Um, second, we got a bunch of Republicans running. I, are there are a bunch of Republicans running in that Senate seat, right, to replace mm-hmm. Senator Portman. I am guarantee you some of those guys are thinking, oh, maybe we should have run for governor instead of senator, right? The last thing is Mike DeWine is um, – <clears throat> <laughs> uh, He wasn't my favorite senator. He's a good guy. Um he's a good guy and he he I'll give you the most precise analogy to him and you will laugh and most of our listeners will will be not sure what I mean. Um he's very much a Bob Michael Republican. Yeah, he's, I guess so. He's a well he's I'll a well-meaning f- guy. He gave you the f- Yeah, he's a well-meaning guy. He's
0: certainly better than um yeah. the f- the previous governor.
1: The previous governor of Ohio. Of Ohio. John Kasich. <laughs> I'll take him over Kasich. <laughs> only, only, only with respect to tone. I mean, he did. He really. Yeah. He, he basically. The two guys right, are indistinguishable. Right, right, right. I, look, I, I have a lot of personal bias here. I actually, I, I, I know Dewan. I like him. He's a good guy. Um, he goes to mass on Sunday. He's one of us, right? Yeah. Um, but he's been. No better than John Kasich as a governor. Well, like I said, here, he's a here's, here's my Republican. take on this. I Lady do. Army.
0: I think that there should be a number of shutdown Republican governors that, are shut, pro shutdown Republicans, that will probably get swept in with this, with this wave. I'm
1: perfectly comfortable. And I'm,
0: I'm want. I'd like to see that happen. Quite honestly, because I don't. I definitely think that uh, Republicans should not feel empowered.
1: Well, I mean, that's, that's part, uh, you know, of, that's to part be, of to be
0: in the shutdown crowd.
1: So. That's part of what democracy is, right? It's not just about forward stuff. Sometimes it's a referendum on what you've done, and the referendum in Ohio is not going well. I, I still wish we could get one of the guys running for Senate to run for this instead, because I think we got too many too many decent people running for Senate. But whatever, that, that ship sailed.
0: So that's my one poll for the I, week.
1: I like it. It's a good poll, and and I, like I said, I think it's right spot
0: on. All right. This week, um, even though Justice Breyer's leaked information sort of stepped on uh, uh, President Biden's little little CEO confab. Oh, yeah. In the White House yesterday, I do want to uh, I want to set up this whole um, segment with a clip
2: from from our from our president. But uh, um, I, I might point out you're uh, when I went to Dearborn driving that uh you know who uh, was up there i don't know man it, it uh i think the press thought i was crazy i enjoyed it so much going up and uh your new ev factory and uh and that uh, that hummer it's it, it just it. like what you your you not take You're...
0: any of your uh whatever it is
1: you need to take <laughs> to get yourself going in the morning man You're... Your president, ladies and gentlemen. Your president. All right. So I think he was trying to say something nice to one of the Ford guys. No, I think it was oh, CEO GM Bear, Ma-
0: Bear, Mary Barra was yeah. there, and uh, um,
1: I like I like driving your Hummer. How complicated is that to say? <laughs> just
0: wow. All right. So first up, this is from CNBC: GM to spend 6.6 billion on EV plant investments in bid to dethrone Tesla in electric car sales by 2025.
1: I can't uh, tell if is that a lot of money. I really don't know if that's a lot of 6.6 money. Six point six billion in automaker land. Yeah, I get it, but yeah. in
0: automaker land, I don't know. Is that yeah. a lot? I don't know. Um, Neither do I. GM has predicted it will overtake Tesla as the top U.S. based seller of electric vehicles by mid-decade. I, okay, I predicted. So, I predicted
1: so, I'm going to be taller by mid-decade. Just so you know. So these pr-
0: these predictions, uh, we can go all the way back. <laughs> I know. Very very far with these predictions. It's <laughs> right, so great. I mean. You know, all of these predictions are,
1: have all been like really, really wrong. Wasn't half of California's fleet supposed to be electric by uh, 2000, 2000? 2005? All right. Well, let's see how it's going. Uh,
0: this is, this is an article from, I think it's called EV, EVs, Inside, Inside EVs. Inside okay. EV. GM delivered only 26 EVs in Q4 2021.
1: Including just one electric Hummer. Can I just stop you there for a second? Because I picked up this number <laughs> over the phone with you. That's an actual number. Not 26,000. No. Not 26 models. 26 automobiles is what they delivered in the United States in Q4. 26 electric vehicles. 26. 26. Two six. Two, six. They were
0: all the same Sorry, brand. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure the... we got it.
1: Yes. Um, so
0: uh, this was a uh, kind of a rough quarter for (laughs) general (laughs) motors in the ev side of the equation wouldn't you say um they underperformed uh, expectations let's say it uh, that way tesla's ceo elon musk noted that gm has some room for improvement (laughs) 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 all right so you know this ev stuff uh, it's it's funny uh, and not funny at the exact same time um the the one thing that's likely going to make it in all of this garbage is some
1: some kind of expansion of the tax credit, right? It has to. I think so. It has to. It doesn't have to. We could we could wind up breaking up on the on the union um, content, uh-huh. right? Um, and and that's a very live that's a very live thing. We could break up on the union content because if yeah. you think about it, it bifurcates the companies, right? Right. Uh-huh. Yes.
0: The first time there's been a, a major split, but you know, that's right. I, I keep reminding folks that. The 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 the, why we're laughing about the predictions is that the all these my perception is is that these companies are playing ball with government and they see the these fake val these these inflated valuations of these startups.
1: And so they just want their stock they want to pump their stock
0: prices. That's up exactly a what's bit.
1: going on. And that's why when GM announces 6.6 6 billion I ask is that a lot cuz I know it's just about press releases. Let me can I just one quick thing on the legislation for for our listeners to pay attention to? If Elon Musk comes out opposed to the to the tax credit, it will not get passed. If he comes if the, he winds up in a situation where he has to uh, No, he's already said that the whole thing should be thrown out. Uh-huh. But he hasn't said it enough. if mm-hmm. if, it, if he makes it clear that he's opposed to it it will finish the tax credit um you know he he is the most recognizable name in this fight and General Motors and Ford are not going to be able to stand up to him that's a that's a I have my own prediction that's my own prediction well I hope you're right and I'm going to get taller again by mid-century
0: okay so there's a couple other things here just just to round this this part up so the Wall Street Journal reminds us yet again about how scarce battery chemicals are, lithium prices have quintupled in China from a year earlier. Okay,
1: and this administration has basically oh, oh, said that. Hold on, before we go to where you're going. Yes, sir. The reason why the China news, the quintupling of prices is important is, is, you know, everything has a natural ceiling as you get more batteries built, whether for cars or for storage on utility systems. All of that stuff that goes into batteries, lithium, copper, cobalt, all nickel, all of it is going to become more expensive, and that's going to affect the economics of of competition, right? In other words, EVs are going to become less competitive with – even less competitive with gasoline-powered cars over time. They're not going to become more competitive. They're going to become less competitive. Sorry.
0: Well, no. I mean, they're still not like – they're still more expensive. Yeah
1: they're, they're not, going to be they're going to become even less competitive, right? I mean, yes. they keep they keep saying, oh, they're just going to get the cost down. It's something right? we don't it's something we don't talk about that if you're you know that that as as you build more of these the the minerals are not getting any more um plentiful on the planet. You were talking about countries and cr- critical minerals. I was go ahead,
0: what i'm I don't want to stop you. what i was what I'm also going to say is to remind folks that China controls the the supply chain for these minerals. Even if they're not produced in China, they control, they dominate the, 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 the value. About
1: 80%, China. right, okay. of, all, of everything used.
0: So what should we do in this country? We should probably look for opportunities to produce some of our own we domestic should, mineral we resources,
1: do, correct? We should do what other countries Perhaps. are doing and realize the value here and try to extract Especially money.
0: if our entire energy policy is is that we cut off production of our oil and gas resources at home and beg other countries to produce that oil we should but you're about
1: about to tell me a cautionary (laughs)
0: tale aren't you go ahead yes the however this week the department of interior has revoked existing long-held federal leases for the twin metals minnesota for twin metals minnesota um which by the way would produce cobalt
1: copper copper nickel, nickel nickel platinum um everything in the platinum family and other stuff that we're not sure of yet we just know that for sure so you know wh- which is it so the the twin metals thing has been a, has been a bit of a thing for a million years right the obama guys um they slow walk the uh, they the, slow walked right? they slow the biden guys canceled because it because of dealing um, with federal land it's um contrary to our national interest as defined by both president obama and president biden to cancel this these leases there's no other way to say it, right? And um, and you guys know it's just stupid and silly. And the good thing is, is that um, Congressman uh, Stauber, from um, who represents that part of the world, right, Boundary Waters, and um, is a union guy himself, um, and a, and a good solid American, um, had a couple of choice words about it. Do you have the statement? Can I read? The, can I read the choice words? You want to read the choice words? <laughs> Let me be clear, President Biden, this is Congressman Stauber, let me be clear, President Biden is choosing to ban mining, choosing to ban mining. He's choosing foreign-sourced minerals, including mines that use child slave labor, that would of course be in the Democratic um, Republic of the Congo, over our own domestic union workforce that follows the best labor and environmental standards in the world. The Biden administration doesn't have a plan for mineral independence. On one hand, they want massive taxpayer investments in electric vehicles, and on the other, they refuse to allow domestic mineral production as demand continues yes i can't say it any better than he just did um and the great thing is you know nobody in the presses nobody in the mainstream media is going to talk about this stuff yeah anyway what are we going to talk about next okay uh governor gavin newsom yay haven't heard we haven't talked about
0: him in a little while Uh, so i'm gonna bring this up this is a real short clip he is rolling up his sleeves and helping with the, the train. train the train heists down in Los Angeles yeah of course all right so uh, let me play this clip and then I uh, just want to make
1: one little comment about it
2: said let me in particular thank all the men and women uh, in orange and yellow uh, for their outstanding work and for uh, moving quickly. I mean, just uh, it was less than 48 hours ago, we said we're coming down. Uh, let's set this thing up. Uh, we had all the lawyers say, well, hold on. It's not your property. Uh, you get injured. I mean, all in every conceivable thing that makes you frustrated and crazy about government bureaucracy was at play, but everybody worked together. They worked through those issues. We got this memorandum of understanding, uh, and we created a new framework of understanding about our mutual responsibility to address what the hell going on here. And I see that with emphasis. I see what you see. I see what you've been covering. I see what everybody's seeing. Asking myself, what the hell is going on? And it look like a third world country, these images, the drone images that were on the 90s, day in and day out. Some networks weaponizing them for their own you know, political agenda, and others just reporting the damn news. Fairly inappropriate. And all I can say
1: that is, would be Fox. Uh, we need all
2: of us to recognize our responsibility to
0: do
1: more, can start supporting one another and address
0: these issues. Did, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Alright. I gotta deconstruct this real quick. Holy First of all, macro. he's gonna get in a lot of trouble for saying third world. California is a third world that country. Doesn't, no, no. That doesn't fly Oh, you not know how to say third you're world? Not developing do say world. that anymore developing progressive world. land. Okay, Sorry. that's one. Two. How is the exact same images, the exact same story on one hand weaponizing for political gain, and the other being covered objectively and fairly.
1: Ah, you got me. I, look, I, I, I'm blown I'm assuming, away by that. I'm assuming what he meant is Fox and Newsmax covered it fairly and CNN didn't. <laughs> I, but I, I could be wrong. <laughs> We've all seen the images going on here. Some and, have covered it to
0: weaponize it for political purposes, and others just I, reporting the news fairly and squarely. It's <laughs> the same news.
3: <laughs> Dude, you're... you're.
0: Okay. Okay. (laughs) Go ahead. So the last thing I will say is, it's his government. Shut up. (laughs) He complained about the (laughs) the bureaucracy (laughs) and like like highlighted the worst part of government. Dude, it's your bureaucracy. It's your government. So
1: um, okay. Okay. This is just a great quote. So the guy in charge of the the Union Pacific police um, is a good friend of mine, and I have not talked to him since he went he, he went to California about two weeks ago, right, and to solve this thing. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting a story right on the ground level about about um, what actually happened. Two things real quick about that. First off, I want to promise, in the spirit of of Governor Newsom's call on all of us to help, I I commit to not robbing trains in California for the duration of his uh, governor's stay. Right, for ever long he's governor, I will not rob trains in California. Um, so I just wanted to say I was going to do my part. That's good. I appreciate and that. I and I won't order
0: any products. Uh, I won't, I won't have anything shipped here from and China cause that's probably where it starts in somewhere in Los Angeles. Uh, this would be fun <laughs> if, 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 and now they're all saying that Gavin should be running, right? For what? For president. I think it's great. I think he should. I do. I, I would love to see oh. Gavin. Oh yeah. Versus Ron. Oh yeah, right. The, 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 like this, California this. versus Florida. Like this could be a fun, you know. Florida. This could be a lot of fun, right? Okay, I'm going to showcase all the great stuff going on in my state and all it's the progress so, we've made. It's so
1: bad. It would be. It would be an interesting. Uh, it, it. It would be interesting. It would be. It yeah, you know, I would. I would love to run the 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 commercials on that campaign. I really wow.
0: would. It's like those. You know those um candidates that ran against like Maxine Waters
1: and stuff yeah. like that, where they're walking through the district. Yeah. That's all you, you gotta just do. You just did the tra- train robbery. Hey man, he's gonna bring this to your neighborhood. So, so you know, good all luck right. to you. Uh,
0: you got something. You pulled something up that was <clears> throat> rather throat> shocking and disturbing, and will likely be uh, not get the kind of coverage that. Um, it should. I hope it will. But Um, we're going to start here, folks. We're going to start
1: here, and I'm going to do my bit. I'm going to file a column on this thing. It's going to run Monday. Um, Unless I can think of a better idea in the next 24 hours. Uh, On January 20th, there was a letter sent from 100, 110 congressmen, I haven't counted, to the United States Trade Representative, Catherine Tai, right? And the, the guts of the letter are that you need to expand the exclusion process you need to expand and expedite the exclusion process uh, for tariffs, uh, for tariffs on, the, on China. In other words, all of our businesses are hollering at us, and you need to make it easier and faster for them to get exclusions from those tariffs, to get exempted from those tariffs, to get carve-outs from those tariffs. Now, two things about this. First off, um, three things about this. First off, these companies have had five years now to get their supply chains out of China, and they have not done it. What they have done is hire lobbyists to convince members of Congress to sign letters like this, right? So that's thing one. Uh, Thing two is it is a direct attack on President Trump's legacy with respect to China. It is not an indirect attack. It is a direct attack. Um, And that would be fine except for point number three. 60 Republicans, 60 House Republicans signed the letter, including- Might I highlight a few f- You can, I, you? I'll highlight a few. You can highlight a few. Gus Bilirakis. Endorsed by President Trump. Kelly Armstrong. Kelly Armstrong from North Dakota, who should know better? Um, Jody Arrington. Jody Arrington from Texas, who should know better? Ben Klein. Ben Klein from Virginia, who for God's sake should know better. Um, ooh, Kevin McCarthy. Who's that? Yeah. When, the president, when President Trump goes to think about who he's going to back for House leader, um, he probably wants to be aware that Kevin McCarthy's on this letter. And you know the great thing is, you know who's not on the letter? Greg Pence? No, Greg Pence is on the letter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought I'd try to stump That's you That's
1: a quiz. I get it. Um, who's not on the letter, Mike? Steve Scalise is not on the letter. Who else isn't on the letter? Gary Palmer's not on the letter. Kevin Brady's on the letter. Kevin Brady is leaving Ways and Means, so I don't care. The guy who's taking over for him, Vern Buchanan. Vern's on the letter.
0: Dan Newhouse is on the letter. Dan
1: Newhouse is on the letter. Adrian Smith, who's going to be like the number two guy at Ways and Means,
2: he's on the letter. Morris rogers is on the letter. C.M.R. is
1: on the letter. You know who's not on the letter? Steve Scalise is not on the letter. Gary Palmer, the guy who runs conference, is not on the letter. Jim Banks isn't on the letter. Jim Jordan's not on the letter. It's going to be a huge thing in Maga land, and it should be. Yeah, because it is a complete assault on the president's legacy in this one area. Yeah, um, and I understand. I've had good information that
0: there are folks who uh, help work on some of this stuff that are fully aware of of, of the situation. So yeah, we're, uh, it's
1: going to get to the boss. We're we're at we're, some point. We're all working on it. Let's it put it in already. Way. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm sure the boss has seen it by now. Um, I'm looking forward to the response. It's inexcusable, is what it is. Um, and last thing, right? I know this is point number four. If the Republicans have any hope of becoming a party of the working class, this is exactly the kind of crap they need to stop doing. There are more Republicans on this letter than there are Democrats. It's embarrassing, and it's embarrassing the minority leaders on it.
0: Well, I think what we're this is you know we're still in that transition. Right? Yeah, I get the it. The establishment is still clinging on to the hope that the corporations will somehow like them. See the light and, and stop um doing the kind of crazy stuff that they've been doing. But
1: anyway. It's a it's a news thing. You're gonna hear more about it. It's just breaking news here. We should have a gong or something. What else you got?
0: Um, you know, just just to stay on this for one brief second. Sure. Um, you know, you saw we I think we talked about the Secretary of Treasury in West Virginia. Riley Moore. Right. And, sure. And his, um, you know, defense of pulling assets from BlackRock. Yeah, BlackRock, right? yeah. One of our friend reporters, um, he he was, I think, genuinely puzzled, but I'm not positive he was genuinely puzzled or he was just, you know, trying to kind of. Yeah. Um, he tweeted, crazy how private sector wisdom is so great until it doesn't support your own set of beliefs. Read about red state backlash against ESG in Politico's newsletter. So I, I asked him, I'm not sure your take is quite right on this. To Zach Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had a nice conversation. Um, Zach's a smart guy. He is a smart guy and he's very open to to hearing, you know, perspectives on it. And, and so she, we had a, we had a good, good chat. My point is this, I, I'm not sure he's, his he's seeing it the right way.
1: No, the right, right. answer. It's, it's pretty simple. Yeah. You, you you either you do business with people you believe in. And yeah, it is I I'm viewing it as the exact opposite,
0: right? It's not like we don't have wisdom in the we we don't like follow the p- private sectors uh you know blindly. No, I would anybody. Right? Free market isn't about if like we, doing whatever corporations do. If or, we did or, or, if or we did we'd BlackRock all
1: BlackRock does, if we did we'd all still be driving Edsels. Yeah. So, no. No, and the big problem with ESG, right? is not that it's not a good idea. If, you know, I'm glad that people um get a chance to invest in stuff they care about. The big problem with ESG is it doesn't include any kind of metric with respect to China. So you can be a, you can be Larry Fink at BlackRock and make a bunch of money. Who,
0: by the way, is the only US owned mutual uh fund, fund in, in, China. China. in China.
1: Yeah, make a bunch of money off off um slavery and genocide and child labor and um you know Surveilling of of Chinese citizens and all that other good stuff, you make a bunch of money off the people who are, who are in the process of squashing Hong Kong, and it's great, good for you. But guys like Riley Moore just want to make that transparent. That hey, we think you're doing the wrong thing here. I don't understand why a guy like Coleman has any problem with that. Zach's a smart. Guy. Know, I don't think he has a
0: problem. problem. I think what he's saying is is that you, you know we have this like sort of blind hey, faith in we, in, we, in markets, but yet when these corporations are sort of Pushing, what they argue is is uh you know what
1: government isn't doing, yeah right in the name of climate or whatever. We b- we believe markets. Uh, look, we believe markets are the best way to allocate resources, the best way anybody's figured out yet, right? Um, but the people inside them, some of them are just plain horrible. These two things, Riley Moore, and this letter to Catherine Ty, um, two sides of the same coin, right? Yeah, you know, that's it, what th- th- this this I know. I, I appreciate that. This um. This ability to play both sides on the China thing is coming to an end. Eventually, someone's going to say, "Where are you? Yeah, are you for or against this yeah. thing?" Right. In this case, you can you can start to
0: put a very clear line, and you can you can pick you can be on on one side or
1: the other. That's partially why I'm horrified by the Republicans on that letter because I'm like, okay, there's one of two possible two possible answers: either they didn't understand the letter, or staff signed it for them. My guess is in the next week, we're going to have a lot of members who are going to say, oh, staff approved that letter. I never saw it. Now, I suspect that's a lie, but I hope it's the truth. Okay. Um, another one that's pretty troubling,
0: and um, you actually flagged this for me, but Capitol Police examines background social media feeds of some who meet with lawmakers. Yeah, man. So
1: Politico. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dan Litman. He wrote a good story. politico on it.
0: Got the scoop on this, and in essence, Betsy,
1: Betsy Swan and, and Dan Capitol Police thing.
0: official said that its intelligence analysts look into each person listed as attending an event. The official said lawmakers ask for intelligence assessments through the Sergeant Arms, as well as blah 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 blah. It, it, the lawmakers then provide names of attendees to the Sergeant Arms, who share those names with Capitol Police. The official explained. Um.
1: Okay, when they say events, they mean meetings, they Meeting. mean fundraisers. Because let me
0: explain, for folks who don't understand this, since uh, last year, you you cannot go into any of these buildings
3: yeah. without
0: an appointment yeah. from a, a, a house member, that house member has to ha- send an escort out to get you. You okay. walk in with that house member, and then you go to a desk, and you show your ID, and they cross reference your id with the with the appointment before you can even go into the office. Yeah. You can't even I'm a member of the credit union. I can't even go into the bank. They won't let they will not let people into the House of Representatives buildings. Yeah. And so this
1: Th- well this on is on top of that. This is this is both this is in the district offices too. This is everybody. Um the other thing that strikes me and I read this and I guarantee you this is going to be a follow on. I probably should call one of the reporters and suggested, right? Um, I guarantee you they whitelist and blacklist now. They have people because there's no way that you know bureaucracy like the Capitol Police isn't going to try to um, minimize the amount of work they do. And just if a name comes up, if a name gets flagged, they're just going to put that name on a, on a blacklist. It's incredible. And you know the best thing about the story? Nobody knows. All the members are like, well, let me amend that. None of the Republicans they talked yeah. to knew. The guys from the House Administration Committee um, didn't answer any questions, which means they knew, right? But the Republicans were like, "We didn't know this was even going on." It's incredibly disturbing to have anybody with badges and guns decide who members are going to meet with. Yeah, under any sort of um, rubric, yeah, this is right? where
0: we are today,
1: folks. I, I this is I, where we are. I actually tweeted that story out. Mm-hmm. It's the first story I've ever tweeted out. Sometimes I, you know, sometimes I retweet some. This one I tweeted out with a little quote like, "Hey man, this is a really bad mojo." And you know, you could tell it's really bad mojo. You know how? Literally nobody else picked it up. I'm just like, and Politico got, got it right away that it was. A, this is a great big giant story.
0: All right. Um, as far as I know, the people in, involved are recovering. They have some injuries. Yes. But... Good. I'm glad. Arnold Schwarzenegger ran over a Prius in his Yukon SUV the other day.
1: (sighs) It's kind of hard not to laugh. He did a...
0: (laughs) He did a... uh, According to police, uh, although it's not uh, official, the black Yukon started to roll and eventually landed on top of the Prius uh, at at a red light that... That the the governor was uh, apparently running. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I leave it yeah. at that, uh, Mister Mister Mr. Climate Change, it, it, the <laughs> the man who has bashed electric you know ice vehicles, who brags about his his um, yeah you know biodiesel Hummer uh, was was involved was. in a crash with his Yukon SUV, and he ran over a Prius.
1: Literally it, ran it over. There's a, a better poet than I could come up with some pithy thing here, but it, it's a perfect encapsulation of the American left. Uh, you know, we just, we're just we going to run a red light in our gas guzzler that we say we don't drive, and we're going to run over a Prius driven by probably some poor citizen who is just trying to get to work.
0: Yep. There you go, ladies that and gentlemen.
1: Is, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm done. I don't have anything else. How about you? Um, I think I'm done, too.
0: Okay, I'm going to end this with a tribute. Um, we lost a great one are this we, week.
1: Are we going with Neil Young now? Or are we going? With... <laughs> no.
0: But I, before we begin, <laughs> I want to tell a, a funny story if I could. Sure. All right, so uh, the, as we all know, meatloaf passed away this week. Yes. And um, uh, I had a, a, a run-in with meatloaf at the Republican Did you? at George Bush's first inauguration. So I was at the Republican inauguration for george bush yeah and he was there and um i approached him and said excuse me mr loaf might i get a picture he was flattered sure no problem so i handed him a camera and put my arm around his wife <laughs> who was very attractive a lovely lovely lady and he, he looked at me like are you kidding me <laughs> and he threw the camera back at me <laughs> needless to say i was in a celebratory mood at the time yeah. so i'm probably the only person in history who basically like shined meatloaf because he's, he's i'm her, i'm told he is one of the, he's one, he's one of of the nicest guys on he the was, planet. here's a great guy so huge huge fan of his movies and his like broadway show i don't know what you what you call him but uh, we'll we'll, hey, we'll, you know, we'll uh roll out of here with a tribute no to no no hold
1: on before with you the do tribute that. to the loaf before you do that we need predictions um Oh okay. We got to try to get right from last last week. Rams 49ers.
0: <sighs> I'm going to go with the Niners again. I feel like uh I want the Niners to to kind of make it into the Super Bowl. I'm
1: so. going to go with the Rams. I don't think the Niners are fast enough to keep up with the Rams. Um Cincinnati Chiefs. I mean, yeah. Money's on the Chiefs, right? I mean, they just the
0: Mahomes they're just they're just an offensive machine. I'm so. rooting. But I am rooting for. I'm rooting. I'm
1: Cincinnati like you. I'm Bengals. rooting for the I'd Bengals. I'd love to see the yeah,
0: Bengals in yeah. the, the night.
1: At this point now, since Buffalo's out, it's like. Okay. Yeah, I, I think the Bengals are my are my team now that the, now that the Bills are gone. If I so.
0: bet money, I'd say the Chiefs, though.
1: What are the, the line's got to be like 15 points. I haven't even looked at it.
0: I don't know yet. All, All right. right. God bless you, Mr. Loaf.
1: Because two out of three three <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Rest in peace, Mr. Loaf. Namaste, everybody.